1: Music you flip through music podcasts like you would the dollar bins of your local record shop hoping to stumble upon that rare pressing or super under the radar classic well dig no further. Vinyl Emergency is where musicians, everyday album collectors and those who design, release or otherwise celebrate vinyl records come to share their stories about how this influential medium has shaped their lives and careers. I'm your host Jim Hanke and you can join me and a new guest every other Tuesday as we take you through LP artwork that has stood the test of time, our favorite neighborhood record stores, the first albums we ever bought the tangible object of a vinyl record can spark so many intangible memories and that's what vinyl emergency aims to capture and share with you past episodes have featured interviews with roseanne cash hosier creed bratton from nbc's the office members of foo fighters wilco tom petting the heartbreakers and run dmc not to mention label owners, record pressers, and more within today's exploding vinyl community. You don't need to be a longtime record collector to enjoy or keep up with our conversations, but I guarantee you'll learn something new whenever you listen. Subscribe to Vinyl Emergency however you get podcasts, and follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vinyl Emergency.
0: Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, The Best of Marcel Marceau from 1970. been called the most influential record in hip-hop history and hip-hop's national anthem. The song is Apache, performed by the incredible Bongo Band. The song was released in 1973 on the band's debut album, Bongo Rock. Calling them a band isn't really accurate, it was more of a project full of various studio musicians. The project was started by Michael Wiener, an executive for MGM Records at the time. Though he was working in the music industry, Wiener had zero musical ability. But that didn't stop him. One year prior, he was working as the music supervisor on a B-movie called The Thing with Two Heads. When the soundtrack was being assembled, it was short a few tracks. So Wiener reached out to composer and producer Perry Botkin to produce a couple of drum-based instrumentals. Wiener had been a big fan of a record by Preston Epps called Bongo Rock. For the soundtrack, The Incredible Bongo Band would record a new version of bongo rock. It was also released as a single, peaking at number 57 on the Billboard Hot 100, and even became a top 20 hit in Canada. Michael Wiener wanted to capitalize on the success and make an entire Incredible Bongo Band album. Again, despite having no musical ability, the project officially was known as Michael Wiener's Incredible Bongo Band. When their debut album was released, it wasn't a hit. It just barely reached the Billboard 200, peaking at number 197. Apache was never released as a single. Well, not the incredible bongo band version anyway. Apache was actually a cover. It was written by British composer Jerry Lorden. It was first released in 1960 by Burt Whedon, And then later that same year, the British pop group The Shadows would have a number one hit in the UK with their version of Apache. For the next couple of years after its release, the incredible Bongo Band's Apache cover faded into obscurity. Then one day in New York City, Clive Campbell, better known as DJ Cool Herc, picked up the Incredible Bongo Band's Bongo Rock album from a discount bin at a local record store. Herc liked what he found so much that he removed the labels from the record so other DJs couldn't find out what the tracks were. What Herc liked so much from the Incredible Bongo Band, particularly from Bongo Rock and Apache, were the instrumental percussive breaks in the songs. Here's DJ Cool Herc talking to Kevin Powell at the Schomburg Center in 2014.
1: Then I'm noticing people's waiting for a particular parts of the records to dance to. Yeah. So I'm visual, i watching it. So I'm saying, so, oh, I so. saw. So let me try something out. So all the records I have that have those breakdowns in it, some I had two, some I just had one. I said, I'm going to do a thing called the merry-go-round. You tonight. made it up? Yes. Yep. I thought the merry-go-round, mm-hmm. all right?
0: DJs then started to add MCs to rhyme over the merry-go-round, giving birth to rap. Over time, the secret was out. And other DJs like Africa Bombata and Grandmaster Flash also started using the Incredible Bongo Band record. Apache became such a staple for hip hop DJs and producers because of its unusually long drum break. Oddly, as to who that drummer actually was, it's a little bit of a mystery. There were two separate recording sessions. The original session in Vancouver featured Cat Hendricks on the drums. Later, Jim Gordon who has appeared on Bizarre Albums before playing drums on the John Travolta album, overdubbed some drums in Los Angeles. It's unknown who the drummer is that's heard on the final version. It may be Hendrix, it may be Gordon. It may be a combination of both. In a 2018 article on Stereogum, Nate Patron wrote, If you want to have fun with semantics and don't mind looking like some kind of music asshole, try this one on your friends. Ask them what the first commercially released hip-hop song is. Odds are, they'll answer Rapper's Delight, or maybe even Fatback Band's King Tim III, parentheses personality jock if they're a bit savvier, or even something from Lightning Rod's 1973 gem Hustlers convention. But technically, those are early rap songs. Hip-hop, in its original DJ-driven form, as an exhibition of turntable skills like scratching and cutting and mixing of drum beats, didn't really get its first real moment in the record store spotlight until Grandmaster Flash convinced Sugar Hill's Sylvia Robinson to let him put out a single of a mix scratch routine on 12 Inch. The result? The Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel? was historic. The first real play at home example of the sound that had been percolating in the South Bronx since 73. In the years since Grandmaster Flash, Apache has been sampled by hip hop artists like The Roots, LL Cool J, The Sugar Hill Gang, Nas, and countless others. It's such an important record to hip hop that in 2012, a documentary called Sample This was released.
2: In the world of hip hop, Apache is the single most important record. They created the greatest breakbeat of all time. To the beat, y'all. But the years of DJs, but the years of dancers. One song can have amazing impact. I wonder how it would be if I put them all together. 90% of the rappers today is rapping off our of socks. I've been around the world like 3 times and that's when everybody gets electrified. Well, you know what happened after that? Time jump on it. Jump on it. Jump on it. Every break we have, somebody has sampled it. There's Brooklyn in the
0: place.
1: That's the National Anthem.
0: Sample This is currently streaming on Netflix, so check that out for a much more detailed history on all of this. But this incredibly important record to the history of hip-hop may not have ever happened if it weren't for a novelty record released just a couple of years prior. In 1970, The Best of Marcel Marceau was released on Gone If Records. No! Yes, Marcel Marceau, the French actor and the most famous mime to ever live, indirectly helped pave the way for hip-hop. For a little more about Marceau, here's a rare interview from 1987 that was featured on CBS This Morning, where he talked about his career.
2: I am Marcel Marceau, and I have created... The style pantomimes, that means I've introduced the art of mime to the public, the art of silence, the art which, which speaks to the soul like music, making comedy and tragedy involving you, your life, and putting it through the invisible visible, creating characters, space, making a whole show on stage with our life, our dreams, our expectations.
0: Back in 1947, Marceau created his stage persona, Bip the Clown, at a theater in Paris. Here's more from CBS this morning.
2: I have created also a character, Mr. Bip, who is my trademark. Bip has a white face, red lips, a top hat, and a flower, which shows the fragility of life. Bip is a sort of Don Quixote who struggles through life and in the battlefield of tragedy and comedy.
0: So how does a mime end up releasing an album, let alone an album that led to the birth of hip-hop? Quite literally, it was a joke. And a joke that Marceau doesn't appear to have really been in on. The album cover of The Best of Marcel Marceau features a drawing of Marceau and a misspelling of his name. There's no clear answer as to why his name is misspelled, but it seems as if it may have been intentional to avoid a potential lawsuit. Before working for MGM, Michael Wiener worked on the presidential campaign for Robert Kennedy. He'd grown up in Washington DC around politics, but his life would take a major turn in June of 1968.
1: Robert Kennedy still is unconscious in the intensive care unit of the Good Samaritan Hospital in Los Angeles. It is 17 hours since he was shot. It is 11 hours since a team of surgeons completed the 3-hour and 40-minute operation to remove the bullet in his brain and the bone fragments it caused. The second medical bulletin was issued less than three hours ago. The senator at that time was described by his press secretary, Frank Mankiewicz, as being still in extremely critical condition.
0: Wiener then shifted gears. He was a man with a lot of ideas. And one of his most offbeat ideas he ever had was producing the best of Marcel Marceau. He produced the entire album for $50. How could you produce a record so cheaply? Well, here's a bit of track one. Yes, that's really it. That's just a few seconds of the opening track, which goes on to be over 15 minutes of silence. Track 2 is much shorter. (laughs) Roughly one minute of applause closes out side 1. And that's it. Side 2 is identical. It's the exact same thing again. A long track of silence, followed by about a minute-long track of applause. The end. That's the record. Here's Keg Johnson in the Sample This documentary.
2: You know, it's a novelty record, so he was a marketing genius. He could do, you know, he could pre- kind of perceive stuff that way. How, we, how many can we sell?
0: You know, what, He might have sold a of rocks at one time, you know. Here's a little bit of what the back cover of the album says. The very best of Marcel Marceau, the man who is a legend in his own time, The record that is breaking sales figures in many foreign countries now comes to America. This album was previewed to some typical representatives of the American public. Jacqueline Susan's Dog said, Listening to this record was the most exciting experience I've had since Lassie. Spiro Agnew called this album the quintessence of euphony, cacophony, and salacious ecstasy. I found this record to perfectly represent the position of the silent majority until I materialized onto the scenic expanse, he said. Richard Burton said Elizabeth loved it. Governor Reagan's spokesman told a reporter that this is a local matter and does not concern his office. Howard Hughes told us, My Sentiments Exactly. Wiener released the album on Gone If Records and it's the only record ever released on that label. He supposedly sold 40,000 copies of the album, and this caught the attention of MGM Records. MGM then re-released The Best of Marcel Marceau later that same year, as well as signing Wiener to a production deal. That production deal got him to the music supervisor job for The Thing with Two Heads, which led to the incredible bongo band, which eventually led to the birth of hip-hop. What a wild ride. Now, speaking of The Thing with Two Heads, one of its stars was Rosie Greer, a former professional football player turned actor who also released a couple of albums of his own. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums.